Heavy Cardboard Episode 39, the top 50 of right now. Coming to you from one of the five best cities to live in in the United States, Denver, Colorado. Welcome to Heavy Cardboard, where we talk medium and heavy strategy board games, war games, 18xx, and occasionally make lists and other related topics in the board gaming hobby. We're your hosts. I'm Edward. I'm Tony. Edward, how do people get in contact with Heavy Cardboard? First off, our website, heavycardboard.com. We're super active on Twitter, at Heavy Cardboard. Facebook, Heavy Cardboard. Email us. We love hearing from y'all. Contact at heavycardboard.com. Last but not least, BGG Guild number 2044. Come join the conversation. A few really awesome reviews were left for us since the last episode. Glenn Oberhauser, What to Do, and Magic Glowbox. Thanks a bunch, y'all, uh, for those really, really cool reviews. They, they were truly daymakers right there, so thank you. Thanks, folks. And for those of y'all who haven't left us a review, we sure would appreciate you doing so. Greatly appreciated, plus you get to hear your name on the radio. Woohoo! So, we have a little uh, contest going, right? Uh, well, we did. It has since passed. And uh, You are technically accurate. Right. <laughs> Thanks to Random.org, it spit out uh, a name, well, at least a number, uh, for the contest for a copy of King Chocolate, courtesy of our sponsors at Game Surplus. Well, Brian Haggerty, come on down. Okay, well, just email us anyway. Congrats yes. uh, on the on the big win. Uh, I've played the game. I enjoy it. And uh, it seems to be getting a lot of buzz on Twitter as well. So I would like to play the game. You should come over and do so. So for those of y'all who didn't win, we are going to be having a, a fair number of giveaways this year, considerably more than last year. So stay tuned and stay current. Indeed. All right, so uh, what's been going on here, man? It's been uh, three weeks since we've recorded. Dude, it seems like it's been forever. I know. Uh, for, I forgot see, well, what my microphone looked like and smelled like. <laughs> like scotch and beer. Mm. Uh, so Christmas and New Year's, at least for me, were really quite chill and relaxing. Chad came over, stayed both weekends. We ate really well, to be expected, obviously. Um, but I hear not so much for you. Uh Yes, uh, I have decided to celebrate Festivus from here <laughs> forward. Uh, there will be plenty of airing of grievances. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry it wasn't as smooth as it could have been, but hey, the good news is it's in the rear view, right? That's right. Happy New Year, everybody. So speaking of the New Year, usually folks get on that whole weight loss kick. And I'd like to think that for Amanda and, and me, we, uh, we aren't seeing it as a temporary thing. My goal is to try and lose about 50 pounds this year and get, and get, back, yeah, get back into cycling as well. Not like competitive cycling, but just, you know, riding trails and stuff. Right, There's just right. too many trails around here to not go riding. And honestly, I'm tired of being a fat boy. I decided to really change things up and, and, and we're going to follow Weight Watchers. And honestly, between... The back pain I have in my hips being messed up, I think losing 20% of my weight can only help, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to go along uh, with that and say uh, I, I want to drop 10. Okay. Yeah. All right. Rock on. Well, 10 yeah. is doable by... I don't know by, how yet. By by heavy con, you should be able to do that. Oh, that's a, you know, goal. Yeah. See? What? Yeah. Nice. 
All right. So I got a bunch more, but what all has been going on with you? Because we haven't seen each other much over the last few weeks. Yes, I've been in prison. I mean, (laughs) home. Well, let's see. Uh, I only have two little bullet points to call out. One is that uh, Banker Dave, who I probably we should call ex-Banker Dave because he's retired now. Yeah, but Uh, Banker Dave (laughs) just kind of has a bit of a flow to it. Well, you know, he's recovered enough from his major surgery to be rejoining the group for some gaming here and there. So that's a very cool thing. It is. I'm, I'm glad to see, A, that he lived. And B, he's got a wicked cool scar now. Yeah, I'm sure he does. I, th- I thought they were just going to put in a zipper. <laughs> um, and then uh, you mentioned Chad, Paul Chad. Uh, the three of us have been talking about creating a giant 18xx game for use at conventions. So we're trying to pick out a, a kind of um, beginner, entry-level sort of 18xx game. Right. You say giant, not like giant as in epic, but giant as in physically large in size. Yeah, like the tiles would be like two inches across or something. Just right. draw attention and, and stuff like that. So we're trying to come up with a title and kind of go from there. We'll probably need the game to be available print-and-play files or something like that to boot. But uh, we're working on that. Yeah, I think that'd be really cool and put some eyes on it on a, you know at local conventions, etc. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be silly. We don't ever want to play with it for real. But for a convention, it sounds kind of cool. So we finally finished all the bookcases in the game room. Uh, I went to Ikea, picked up a 1x4 Calyx, and we had a 1x2 Expedite uh, to s- stack on top of it. And now things are so much more organized and clean in the game room. Uh, just... The Calyx is about an inch skinnier than the Expedits are, the edges. And so it shrunk it down just enough to be able to fit in the space that we have for it. So I'm very, very happy about that. I will say, though, that the Calyx, they feel like just a hair below quality-wise than what the Expedits were. It could have just been the one that I got. I mean, it doesn't look bad. It's still sturdy. It still looks good. But I just felt like the fit and the finish... It's just a hair below what the expedites were. So, But overall, couldn't be happier. The game room's so much more comfortable now. Yay. It was always comfortable. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. <laughs> uh, so some other things regarding the show and, and other such nonsense. Uh, t-shirts. We still have some for sale, both red and blue. 25 bucks on the site. Help us help you help the show. So 2016 Anticipation Geek List, I keep threatening I'm going to do it. Well, by the end of this weekend, this release is Thursday. We're recording it on Monday. You guys will have it. It'll be out in the wild by, we'll say, by Sunday. So look for it then. Amanda and I have been slacking on some of our game playing. So we started kind of a best of three challenge for each other, inspired by one of the guys in the guild. We each picked five games, and we're going to play a best of three of each of them. And we're hoping to have ten done by the end of June, and then maybe pick another batch for the second half of the year. Although, going to be traveling a lot for conventions second half of the year, but whatever. The games I picked were Madeira, Polis, Fight for the Hegemony, right, Small City, <laughs> War of the Ring, and Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, which that's kind of co-op-ish, so we're going to do three cases of that. Amanda, her picks were awesome. Antiquity, Castles of Burgundy, Puerto Rico, Seki Gahara, and Through the Ages. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to work through that list. It's, it, it'll be cool. It, it, it'll inspire us to or motivate us to get off away from the TV and back into the game room during weeknights. So, yay there. 
So next episode, uh, we need a report. Okay, absolutely. I'll, I'm sure I'll keep a running thing, and I have a geek list on BGG that'll help keep me accountable as well. So noted on that. Yes, sir. And finally, gaming news, like for the whole hobby thing. Big news that Martin Wallace and Eagle Griffin Games finally came to an agreement on their brass kerfuffle. And Martin has retained the rights to brass. And just in the last couple of days, Roxley Games has announced that they're going to be running a Kickstarter in the second half of the year for a new version of brass. New artwork, an additional brand new map set around the Birmingham area. And for that map only, a couple new industries... Which include which include breweries, which interesting. Okay, yeah, I don't know that they need to mess with the actual game of brass, but maybe if they did this, maybe this will be like age industry and will maybe spawn new maps, that type thing. I don't know. There may also be included a, a two player map in the, their Kickstarter edition of it or whatever. So stay tuned for more news later on in the year on this one. I'm excited to see what they do about it. Heck yeah, Brass is definitely one of my uh, top 50 games. Oh, well played, sir. Well played. (laughs) I'll certainly check it out, especially with the uh, brewery thing, although I agree with what you're saying. Uh, Where the heck does that fit in? Right, but they say they're they're kind of messing around with it right now to see if they can make it work. They feel like it is, but but the thing is they're going to have the actual base game unadulterated. They're just going to change the artwork. So, okay, cool. Rock on. Cool. And there's the obligatory rock on for you people. So, Tony, acquired what you got. Two things, sir. Er, 1830, the Splatter 18xx twist. Thank you, Paul Chad, for that. The other game I acquired was I made a copy. I built the kit for 18EU. That's right. Yeah, the print and play files are available on Deep Thought Games' site. And it is the ancestor game of 18R Den. But there are some key differences. So... Like 18EU has got a 2D stock market, not a 1D. As a result, there's no double, triple jumps and things like that. And I really like that uh, better than the 1D market in Arden. There's no forts and mines, and I think the absence of that will make for cleaner play. There is no 16th private either, so that's kind of that's kind of cool. That means four players is uh, going to be brutal. And miners, they get out of business late in the game. So, yes, it's... It, um, it's got some of, the, some of the same general flaws as Arden, but uh, I'm really looking forward to checking it out because it's got some uh, some key differences too. This was one of the first 18xx that I had played, and I'll be honest, I remember nothing about it. Hmm. Uh, but now that I'm much more well-versed in 18xx, I'm looking forward to, to checking it out some, definitely. Cool. What about you? What have you acquired? A lot, and I didn't realize that until I was getting ready for the show and I started going through my list. I was like, wow, really? So, oh, I wanted to announce, today is uh, January 4th. I have not bought anything this year. What? (laughs) So all these... Sorry, I can't say the same. (laughs) All these acquisitions have been for this year and this year, or for last year, technically. uh, But anyway, since the last show. 1857 remake with pimped components. Thanks to you, sir, as part of my Christmas present. So I appreciate it. That looks sweet, dude. Really tricked it up because it originally is winsome. Very, very, very basic. Totally functional. Very basic. Now I have the best looking 1857 out there. Neener, neener, neener. (laughs) So Paul Chad knows how much we enjoyed Time's Up uh, Deluxe. So he got us a copy. So yay. Woohoo. 
awesome party game uh, end of the night type thing. The I got a couple of Visby expansion packs so we can play with up to six players now so look to hear more about this next episode it's one that i'm very excited to play uh, a handful of more times between now and next episode 1714 the case of the catalans this i blame completely on the punching cardboard guys uh one of the guys jim uh absolutely raved about this game and said how awesome it was and this and that and so i started looking into it it's you know, Spanish Succession looked interesting. I actually got it at the GMT uh, fall sale. And then I got an email a few weeks after the fact saying, oh, yeah, this wasn't part of the sale. So do you want to pay us the difference? And at that point, I was like, shoot, it's only 30 bucks. I can I can justify that. So I did. So there you go. King Chocolate. I also got a copy of thanks to Game Surplus. Uh it's it's a very tactical, very cool, abstract little game. Um, only played it once. Want to want to dig into it more, and uh, maybe uh, our buddy there, Brian, can uh, can chime in with his thoughts for King Chocolate as well later on. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, got a copy of Nippon, which we've been playing a bit of, which we'll talk about here uh, probably next episode. Uh, let's see, you got the Small City expansion, and with that, the number three expansion dossier for Clinic, which I need to play more. Uh, but anyway, I got that for an autograph from Albin Viard, so that was cool. That's that's it for my acquisitions, sir. So what about hunting, etc.? Uh, honestly, not much. I mean, obviously the stuff on my anticipation geek list, I'm going to be looking forward to checking out and all that. But honestly, other than that, I have a crap ton of great games here to play, and I'm Jones into playing, so that that's what I'm anticipating. That's your plan, and you're sticking to it? Well, no, just that's <laughs> what I'm anticipating right now. Come on now. Right on, right All on. All these people are doing, like, austerity, like, in 2016. I'm only buying six games. To hell with that, I say. I just, yeah. pro, you know, go along in this hobby. I found, I just, my, my tastes are limiting my game buying just because there some of a lot of games that I might have been wanting to get previously come across as a game on a pile of games nowadays and I, yep. I don't know that I really need to buy those you know what I mean you're sounding like me more and more <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only th- game I am anticipating is I put in my order for 18 R Den he's got two games in the queue so he dropped me an email, so he'll invoice me in the next couple of days and get that in a couple of weeks. So that's going to be that's going to be pretty cool. Finally, get that one in my collection. Um, I'm excited for that. Uh, I have a feeling that we'll be talking about that here briefly in a bit, possibly. <laughs> so uh, let's see. We've been playing a lot of games. Some of them together. Some of them not. Do yeah, you want to fire off together. the list, or do you want me to fire off the list? Your honor, sir. You're on the ah. you're on the tee. Well, uh, the aforementioned Nippon, we've been playing a bit of that, so more to come next episode. Uh, Canal Mania, uh, Ragnar Brothers game, very thematic, very very cool, but ultimately it's uh, Ticket to Ride, the canal building game, and it is on the auction shelf currently. Uh, Vault Wars. Have you heard of Vault Wars? I've heard of it, but I it's, wouldn't have it's ever Storage guessed. Wars. Yeah, yeah, Storage Wars, the card game with a fantasy theme. It... Um, it was making for some very fun auctions um, during Christmas time with the family around and everything. My, my, the first time I played it, I was like, wow, man, that's really fun. Second time I played it, wow, that was somewhat less fun. Third time I played it, uh, yeah, 
this is out of here. <laughs> they're just uh, they're really cool the first time those auctions, but they're pretty stale, really. So, uh, Napoleon the Waterloo campaign block game from, uh, played that one a couple of times. Definitely very simple, but also a very fun experience. I love man the sweeping scope of the map and how you have to really consider the road network and how that affects where you choose your battle. Um, it's it's very 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 cool. I dropped over uh, when you and Matt were breaking out the first game of it, and I it was cool to see. I, I'm excited to get that to the table with you and I. Right on. Flower Power played a lot of that because you know the sun was over here a lot during Christmas. And who uh, is not a gamer or not who, who, a board gamer? Yeah, yeah. He he has very specific likes. Uh, Flower Power is one of them, and uh, it's a really cool little two player tile laying game. We actually created a variant um, called Rocks because in the game you can place weeds in the other person's garden. Um, and they take up two spaces, but we can place rocks, which take up one space. So you get more rocks. It's a little more screwage. And, uh, <laughs> so. i got to try this. I, I, you're the only person I know that has ever played this game. So hmm. I'm, I'm totally unfamiliar with it. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to get. It's just it's German only, no release in the United States. It's from like two thousand, two thousand one, and um, it actually goes for a bit. I, I was at one convention and I brought it and I had it in the library, and um, my game in the library. And this guy goes, "Aren't you worried about someone stealing it?" And I was like, "No, should like, I be?" Right. <laughs> and I looked it up and I'm like, "Oh." Okay. <laughs> now I see why he may have said right. that. Okay, right. Uh, Signore, the What's Your Game release, been playing a couple of games of that. Pretty good game so far. Uh, the game's not light. It's not um, not necessarily heavy, but there's a lot going on. So somewhere uh, short of Madeira? Yeah, yeah. A very slick dice drafting mechanic. And um, I'll definitely say this, though. After, uh, after two plays, I can recommend all three variants for... Um, definitely as the standard for, for my game table. I'm anxious to play that hopefully next weekend. I haven't gotten a chance to play it yet. We, well, one thing we did play together was 1889. That was my first time with that game. That Same. was a blast. Yeah, that was, that was a sweet little, uh, sweet little three, four player 18XX that plays really quickly, relatively Dude. speaking. And, and at the five, six and D trains, there was a little bit of warfare going on. That it was, was. That, that was awesome, man. And the fact that all four of us felt like we were in contention to to at least be in the discussion for winning. Like it right. wasn't, okay, you're obviously in fourth and you're over here obviously in third and these two are close. No, it was all four of us. It it really, really was a was a cool, enjoyable little uh, 18XX. Yeah. Patchwork, not special filler, but definitely fun. Jaipur. I, I just I crushed my wife in that. Have you have you seen the little panda that's dead? On oh the, yeah, <laughs> uh, on the camel. Okay, all right. Oh yeah. In fact, in fact, that cam that that camel was in my first herd, so that was cool. <laughs> Pymal Flowman, obviously, um, still fun. Not as good as the Arboretum, in my opinion, but okay. um, still fun. Biblios, which is an awesome, awesome auction game for three. Me, Matt, and my son. Um, we just throttle each other in that game. It's just a total blast. And the the last thing on my list is uh, SNCF. And so we actually played six sessions of this in a row. We uh, we did one session of the moon. Which is my favorite version of it, or the favorite map, I should say. It, it, it's very cool. 
And then uh, I, I don't want to say too much else, but uh, we we played five sessions of a special map that I'm creating potentially for heavy car and attendees. We played three players and four players, and it was uh, it was a blast. I'm really really uh, pleased so far. It looks cool. Now shut up about it. <laughs> we'll have to see if Borer will let us do it, though. All right. All right. What have, what have you been playing? Well, uh, 1889 you mentioned, Nippon you mentioned, um, and SNCF The Moon, although you and I played it separately. Uh, so other games. Got another game of Quebec in which has a real garish uh, coloring to it. But, man, we really yeah. enjoyed that. We played that three-player. It's better with more, but we really enjoyed it. And uh, cool. Chad and Amanda both smoked me in it. Oh, wow. Uh, but I still enjoyed it. Played Southern Rails, Castles of Burgundy, which is one of my mine and my wife's uh, favorites. King Chocolate, I mentioned. Played Pastiche for the first time. Amanda... Asked yeah. Chad to bring it with him uh, when he came up for Christmas, or I think, or maybe it was New Year's, one of them. Um, so what do you have to say about it? Bleh. Yeah. Um, it, it, I, I do not know the color wheel by heart, so I know red and blue make green, or yellow and blue. See, that's my point, is you have <laughs> to know these things and like, okay... Uh, this dab of yellow, this dab of yellow, and this dab of blue makes a color. And I had to keep referencing, okay, looking at this, looking at this, looking at this, look, trying to piece it all together. It really wasn't that enjoyable. All three of mm -hmm. us agreed. I will say the artwork that's in the game, it's all actual pieces of artwork. Beautiful. I mean, it's awesome for for kind of learning uh, the artists and, and stuff like that more as a learning tool than it is game. Just, yeah, no, I, I'm all set with that. Gotcha. Omen, A Reign of War. That was the game you came over and, and yeah. saw Amanda and I playing. The artwork's beautiful. Dude, Chad sweet metal coins. Yes. Chad taught uh, Amanda and I how to play this, and we both really, really enjoy it. She loves card games anyway. Um, I enjoy them, and that was just a really fun take that mano-a-mano -e uh, game in which, again, Amanda smoked me in. Then we had three-player Carcassonne Winter. Gotta be honest, pretty much our first time ever really playing Carcassonne. And, oh, really? And that's really fun. That's a really enjoyable game. And I heard Winter is just, it's an aesthetic thing. I guess it's really not any different than original okay. Carcassonne. Uh, gotcha. But yeah, we really enjoyed that. I want to get a copy. So yay, that's cool. Huh, odd. Uh, a couple other new ones. I don't think I talked about this one last time. Imperios Millenarios. It's, it was a grail game that I was fortunate enough to get a copy of. I played it three times now and am absolutely loving this game. Absolutely. Uh, now that we finally got the rules right and we're playing it and just everybody who's played it has loved it. Uh, Chad liked it. So he's the exception, but he's not big on negotiation, stuff like that. Um, yeah, me neither. Odds are we may be talking about this here soon. And hmm. last one is Roll for the Galaxy, which is, I guess, the dice version of Race for the Galaxy. Yeah. And That's one I want to play. You need to. Uh, I Do you like Race? I, I can't remember. I do like Race, yes. All right. Um, I was kind of lukewarm on Race. Amanda really did not enjoy it. 
she told me that we are getting rid of Ashes and we are picking this up as our go-to little couple wow. game. Uh, that well, that sounds price. smart all around then. Yeah, it's it. we really, really enjoyed it. Even borrowed it from Sweater Mike and played yeah. it again last night by ourselves and uh, around cool. eating dinner. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Played it three times so far, and I fully expect that to be a dime here by, say, summer. So if not way sooner than that. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Well, I'll have to get you a copy of Splendor to go with your copy of Carcassonne. No, I'm all set. We're good. Thanks. Not too bad. Already done. The top 50 of all time. Or at least our top 50s right now on January 4, 2016. To say this is a fluid list is an understatement. I made my list four times over the course of this experience, and it changed every time. The only things that did not change are my number one game, and that I could easily pick out my top 38. I went through every game I'd ever played that I logged, at least that I knew of, and consistently was able to pick top 38. Like, okay, this would definitely be in my top 50. Then after that, I was able to kind of do my next nine. Then it got to be a serious scrap to get those last few in. And then on top of that, to order them. This was, at times, really, really hard. Yet really enjoyable at the same time. I'm just glad to finally have a baseline to go off of. So for me... I think lists like this aren't uh, aren't extremely useful to myself. Um, how, how do I decide between 46 and 47, and how important is the distinction anyway? So the majority of my list is alphabetical. I did concede to my cohort here, Edward, that my top 10 are ranked in, a current, in accordance with my current gut feeling. So my top 10 are 1 through 10. My next 10, 11 through 20, are alphabetical, and then my last 30 21 through 50 are alphabetical. So this is more like a list of my current favorite 50s. Favorites, not best, but granted that's largely those terms are synonymous for a lot of cases. I agree. I, I, I think favorite, not necessarily best is a fair statement. So some guidelines that we followed before we get started. First off, no filler games. Games like Arboretum, Pie Mal Flowman, etc., for the sake of these lists, we labeled filler as any games in which you wouldn't go to a game day specifically to play. At least, we wouldn't. So, for me, games like SNCF, Paris Connection, and Bowsack or, or uh, Bandu were excluded from my list due to this caveat that we put in. Yep, of course. No expansions, although there may be some that are listed with a base game, uh, but other than that, no expansions. And as Correct. Tony said, numbers 50 down to 21, we went ahead and listed alphabetically because really, what's the difference between 42 and 34? Who knows? You know, <laughs> I did number mine from number 20 to number one. You did, like you said, 20 to 11 are in their own alphabetical list and then 10 through one yeah. is numbered. That's my next 10, but just in alphabetical order. Right. This is by no means a complete list. There are too many games that either I still haven't gotten around to playing or that in limited plays they just haven't hit me as much as the following games did. Well, this like is, I said, it's a current snapshot. Yeah. Uh, this is the top 50 of my 481 games that I've logged played. So, in other words, it's the top 10.39%. So, without further ado, Tony... 
what is alphabetically 50 through 21? And we'll just bounce this back and forth. Okay. 1846. Okay. The best teaching game going. It's also a solid game and a real game. And the reprint will land in my collection. Cool. I'm sure we'll be talking about that later in mine. Right on. My first one up, 1857. Now, this was a toss-up between this and 1889. Because I feel like they scratched the same itch. They are both short, low player count, and easy to get into 18xx. They're based on 1830, and I just really enjoyed my plays of both of these. Honestly, it came down to 1857 we played previously. You just pimped a copy for me, so I got a sweet-looking copy. And we played this before 1850, or before 1889. So, yeah, 1857. So 1857 is also the next one on my list as well. So I will uh, echo exactly everything you said. 1857, uh, the train rush is is really fun in that game too. So that leads me to the one you also just mentioned, the third one on my list, 1889. All right. Brand new to me, but... It, it plays quickly. It's got a real stock market. It's got a it's got a tough map. The, the the tile set is challenging too. There was a several times, man. I'm like, I need that tile, but there's only one. And uh, uh, the train rush at the end. Uh, I might have to build this one actually because I really like that uh, Carthaginian map on BGG, but I I don't really like his trains and his certificates and everything. So I might have to do a hybrid or something. Cool. All right. Didn't make my list, but I just went through that. So I figure these first handful are all going to be train games. So to be expected when alphanumeric. My next one, 18 Den. It was tough not to make this into the top 20 because this is one of the best new-to-me games uh, that we talked about in the previous Pod Blast uh, for 2015. Just there's so much right about this game that I really enjoy. Uh, I, I do wish it had a more dynamic stock market. Yeah. Than it does. It's it's a very one D linear stock market, uh, but the the opening of the of the miners at fifteen opening auctions for all the miners at the beginning of the game is fantastic. The way they can merge and the rules around merging and how all that works just just a wonderful wonderful game. Uh, it plays long, but I don't mind that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm completely engrossed the entire time I'm playing it. Eighteen Arden, really really good. Next one on my list is Alhambra. Oh, oh, this is oh, uh, so one the, of my. Hold on, hold on. But so this tells me you got a whole lot of eighteen XX coming in your top twenty. All right. I, oh, I don't. I don't know. I, I hate that genre. So yeah, right. <laughs> I, we should we should note that neither of us knows what each other's lists are, and we yeah. also at the end of this for the listener top ten. He Tony doesn't know what the listener top ten is. Only I do. So, all right. So, with that said, Alhambra. Take Alhambra. It's one of my wife's favorite games, and uh, I I quite enjoy playing this with her. The multiple currencies involved in the game and the spatial element of the tile laying. I don't mind saying, "Go ahead, honey, kick my ass in Alhambra again," (laughs) and she does. (laughs) Nice. Yet to play it, so I got nothing. And we talked about this in a recent episode too. Yeah. So the last 18xx on my 21 through 50 part is 18 Mex or 18 Mexico. Oh, I haven't played that one. 
this is a really, really uh, more games end in bankruptcy than don't. Awesome. Uh, I I haven't played it in quite some time just due to playing other 18xx's with you guys. Uh, Really hard, uh, tough 1830-ish, kind of like what some of these others, like 1857, uh, relatively short, brutal train rush. Absolutely brutal train rush in this game. And I'm really anxious to get it to the table again. And by get it, I mean Chad's copy. 18 Mexico. <laughs> right on. At the Gates of Loyang. All right. This is a it's a fun game with just a brilliant scoring system, I think. I taught this to my uh, sister last year when she visited and we played it like 6 times in a row. I sent her a copy of it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I play this game a lot. I really really love it at the Gates of Loyang. Somehow I've only played this game once. Oh, I don't man. know. Yeah, I have it on my shelf. It laughs at me, and I don't know why yeah. we haven't played it more. I got no excuse. Apparently, uh, my friend Matt was over yesterday. He said it's OOP and going for some cash now. Like, wow. Oh, I did yeah. not know that. All right. Yeah, me neither. Advanced Civ. Oh. Yeah, I if I if I've played this more, this very well might be a top twenty game. It's it's heavy because it's long. It's about 12 to 15 hours, uh, but I love civilization games. And Advanced Civ is kind of the king of all of them. Now, you may be able to throw in kind of Mega Civ with this once we get that played because it's you know inspired by da-da-da-da-da. But sure. yeah, Advanced Civ, just an absolute classic. We might only play it once, maybe twice a year. Uh, but I'm cool with that. It, it absolutely belongs in my collection. Love this game. Kalis, one of the foundational worker placement games in the world. It's, I think, an incredible game. And it's just another old soldier like Puerto Rico that you just have to try it if you haven't. And, and, but be warned, with the provost and everything, it can be a bit mean at times. I also have this on my list as well uh, down here. Uh, I, I haven't played it enough to put it up higher, honestly. I think I've only played it two, three times. That's it. Maybe maybe only twice, I think. Um, and I want to because as, as big of a worker placement fan as I am. As we both are. Right. The, I mean, this is this is not the oldest because I think that's Keedom or one of the key ancient key games. But this is kind of the one that's looked upon, like you said, like the pillars of the worker placement world. And Indeed. just need to get this played more. This next one was really hard for me not to make my top 20, and I'm going to catch grief on it. But I have a feeling if we did this list next year, or at the end of this year, it'd be maybe in the top 10. Age of Steam. Just huh. haven't played it enough. Uh, we plan on featuring it uh, probably sometime between now and June on the show. Uh, Paul Chad, actually, this is his favorite game, and he actually has gone so far as to write up a regimen that he wants you and I to play as far as what maps and what player count and all this to almost like a boot camp for Age of Steam before we review it. And I think that's awesome. The fact that that even is a thing, I think, says something about this game. And, you know, a lot of people consider this a, a winsome game. So I'm filling my winsome quota here with Age of Steam. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I hated it my first two plays. Really? My, my third play, I was like, 
okay, I don't hate it. And then I played it a fourth time and I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. So yeah, it took a while to click, but man, well, this is a uh, age of steam is higher on my list than, uh, than the bottom 30 of the top 50. And, uh, so I'll, I'll let it be a shock as to where it comes in at, but definitely a uh, great, great game, man. The route building, the pickup and deliver, there's smart and challenging business play. There is a library of maps out there. And I, I with rule tweaks, I want to play them. I, Chad, I know you're listening. Get over here with your maps and let's get this going, baby. There's even a heavy cardboard map, too. Which actually is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed actually, that. Actually, it is a lot of fun. All right. Aegis theme. Cool. What you got? Craftsman. This oh. is uh, one of my favorite games. Also a favorite of my wife's. It is a fantastic worker placement game. Makes you think a couple of, head, or a couple of turns ahead or else you're toast. Not the prettiest game in the world to look at, but it is a fantastic play if you like heavy worker placement games. Also on my list, and deceptive. Like, you open up the box, it's got this little tiny board and a stack of cards, and that's it. How bad can this be? Right, and oh my, hello. Um, The one thing that does keep it from being higher on my list is I do wonder if, it warrants the length of play because realistically in a four-player game, you're looking at probably four hours. And I don't know if it's a four-hour game enjoyment-wise. but It is for me. I don't mind it at all. I thoroughly enjoy the game. Don't get me wrong. It wouldn't be on this list if I didn't. Uh, we've and, reviewed and it's it. in your – it's in this 30 to 50 it is. or 20 it to is. 50? Okay. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I think Christoph Matusik has a really, really, really good game here in Craftsman. Absolutely. So, Martin Wallace, for me, is up next with Automobile. Ah, yes, okay. Uh, I know a lot of people aren't too keen on the quote-unquote randomness with the bag draw, but I do feel like there is enough that you can glean, enough enough information out there in the game in which you can make educated guesses. And we reviewed this, we really enjoyed it at that time, and that hasn't gone anywhere. Just, yeah, a really, really fun game with, with Automobile. Uh, automobiles in my top 20 somewhere we'll get to it when we get to oh it sweet me. i didn't know if you had that in there or not uh, cool i love the economic engine in the game um the consumer demand how it loves the best technology so you got to advance or perish man that that's what this game is about and yeah that random demand mechanic that's it is vital to be random and it's thematic to be random and it's it's a known range as well. So, and I'm saying this as a guy that hates random I, in my meat. I was just going to bring this up. Coming from you, people should really take a second yeah. look at this game. Absolutely, automobiles awesome. Cool. Crokinole, the classic game. One of the times of the four that I did this, it ended up in my top twenty. But it didn't make the cut in the fourth iteration of this. So, yeah, it's in, it's in here. Then I rest my case about <laughs> lists. <laughs> um, we own a gorgeous board. And uh, I'm a bit of a – I don't get to play much. And uh, even though we have a board, it, it seems like it only comes out at, uh, at weird times. So I'm a bit of a streak shooter, man. But I just enjoy the hell out of it. And we play three- and four-player cut, cutthroat too. And it's a ball. They have world championships of Crokinole. It is yeah. the granddaddy of all dexterity games, and <laughs> I 
if I owned my own board, which the only reason I don't is we we've just debated whether or not making a heavy cardboard one, mm-hmm. which needs to happen. Uh, I want to seriously like get really good at this game. I th- just I dig it, man. It's just I love shuffleboard like at the bar, you know, or oh, whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, and this is similar somewhat maybe not at all but it has that feel to it and i just yeah it's the granddaddy of dexterity games and i love it crokinole so i'm curious that you missed colonialism here so that's next up for me not not a top 50 baby you don't think so not for you it's freaking fantastic i love it I, i feel like a colonial despot and and part of the reason that it does make my top 50 is colonialism is dark it's controversial i mean look at the box cover i love unique (laughs) themes and obviously there are other colonialism type themes out there darkish themes but this kind of takes it head on you have to remove the native population before you can exploit the land it's not going to be for everybody. It's not going to be something I want to play all the time. But when I do play it, I absolutely love this game. Couple that with it's one of those rare games in which six or seven might be a winning score. And it's novel in a sense that in the days of Point Salad, it's not that. And I just, I thoroughly, thoroughly uh, think that colonialism belongs in my top 50 gettysburg by martin wallace is the next one for me still have not played this this um this is a good game it's uh the the crt is very simple um and it's really tough to be the rebs and the meeples with kepis is really really cool but the hook for me is the absolutely brilliant command and control system in the game phenomenal game gettysburg martin wallace so kind of staying with the war theme here, Hammer of the Scots, or oh. I guess really you could plug in any of the Columbia Games eight-page rule book block right. war game here. Uh, Hammer of the Scots is the first war, uh, block war game that I played. I knew I would enjoy block war games. I do. I love them. I'm a huge fan of block war games. Uh, in Hammer of the Scots, William Wallace and that whole deal, and I just I really enjoy the simplicity and yet depth that block war games provide and hammer of the scots like i said was my entry into that and some of the bigger ones like europe engulfed and blocks in the east and east front we really haven't gotten into yet so i can't really i'm sure they would probably end up here once we do get them played but as it is right now hammer of the scots one of my all-time favorite winsome titles is irish gauge also here on my list in this area awesome it's got auctions it's got stock ownership it's got route building for me the coolest two things are the different numbers of shares in the different companies and the and the varied prices that are set on them to begin the biddings with and when one of your opponents has to call for dividends because he's cash poor right exactly yeah big big fan um there there are a number of winsome games that could have gone on here but irish gauge was the first one that, like, my eyes got wide and I, I fell in love with them. <laughs> yeah, not me all too, of them, man. mind you, not all of no, them. No, but, no, But this was the one that just I was like, <gasps> yeah, 
So it absolutely had to be on here. Good call on that one, Matt. Uh, right back at you. So next, here I stand. I've only played this game twice, and part of it is the group I play it with at BGGCon. Uh, and I just, I've loved the camaraderie, and I, I almost think this is more the event around it. Here I stand than the actual game. Because sure, it's funny. Uh, we played this. It takes about eight hours uh, for us to play it over the course of two days. And you don't really do a lot throughout the whole game. Yet the eight hours just flies by. Uh, I've played this twice. I've played Virgin Queen twice. And to me, Here I Stand is the better of the two games. But again, that might be influenced on... on uh, on on where, when, and how it gets played and everything for me. But, yeah, really cool uh, GMT, big, big, big game. Here I stand. The Isle of Sky. This is one of my go-to teaching games when I'm teaching uh, newbies in uh, Euro games. And um, to uh, it's a big step up from Carcassonne. And to borrow a phrase from, from the great Joel Eddy, it's Carcassonne killer for me. Really? Oh, absolutely. It's got everything Carcassonne has and more. And the, the things that I find even an experienced gamer uh, to enjoy in this game are the pricing of the tiles and how we, holding back money and things like that in the game. It's very, very smart. And um, I think it's definitely a game where you'll see what new players have the aptitude to venture into, say, richer gaming grounds, too. I really was surprised at how much I enjoyed this game. It's not on my list, but... I was surprised for me too, buddy. When I played it, I really dug it. Like I said, I was just surprised by it. And it's funny because I played this before I played Carcassonne. And I don't know that I enjoyed this more than Carcassonne. But it could be that Carcassonne was new to me in a sense that I'd played it since Isle of Sky. The simplicity of Carcassonne, I don't know. It's it's. Yeah. It, it, I I dig what you're saying. Um, I would say maybe a step up from that. Not necessarily a killer for me, but yeah, uh, Isle of Sky was was really enjoyable. And when you said when you were saying after we got done playing, you were like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like I was thinking, oh, this is going to be an auction game for you, meaning uh, uh, getting no. rid of. And I'm it, glad it, to hear that it's not. It grew on me as I was teaching folks. Oh, cool. Good. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah, Isle of Sky, really cool game. Huh? So the newest game for me is next up, and that's Imperios Millenarios. I have hmm. absolutely fallen in love with this game. After the first play, we completely played it wrong, so I discount that. But I was kind of, eh. But once I realized we played it wrong, okay. The second play got better. Third play, it was phenomenal. The, I mean, take Advanced Civ, or kind of that. It, that's what it was inspired by, and shrink it down to an hour and 45 minutes to two and a half hours? Really? Tell me more. Right. And, and yeah, I think it just the production quality of it is really unique and very cool with the eco leather map and the the way the cones are on the map. It just it looks good on the table uh and literally everybody who's played it has thoroughly enjoyed it. Even the guy who isn't a huge fan of negotiation games really enjoyed it. And that's Chad. 
And honestly, this could have made it higher, but I didn't feel right putting a brand new game to me in my top 20. So Imperios Millenarios, I can't get enough of the game and I can't wait to play it some more. I'm hoping to play it again this weekend. Oh, very cool. Kanban, the Automotive Revolution. That would be next up for me as well, sir. Awesome, awesome. In, in Kanban, I have one worker and ten problems to solve, <laughs> including Sandra. So I think this is uh, Vital Lacerda's best design. It's fun. It's tight. It's awesome. I love it. I wouldn't necessarily agree that it's his best design. It's his most refined design. Uh, I'll give you that. And it's on my list, obviously. I really enjoy it. Um, what is the difference between best and most refined? Refined means kind of maybe streamlined, kind of like kind of shrunken down and really gotten to the, right, the arrow his best. to the heart type. Huh? Right. His best. Okay. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> no, uh, like you said, one, one worker for a worker placement game. But, man, that a lot of really cool mechanics – the fact that you know you have to move and other player for this next round and players are still blocking your spot, you know potential spots yeah, where you might yeah. go. Just there are some really really clever things, uh, and the most intimidating board when you first see it in existence oh. that really cleans up once you get a flow for, feel for the flow. And yeah, good game. This one surprised the hell out of me that this did not make my top 20. And I'm going to catch all kinds of hell as soon as I say it from you. Uwe Rosenberg's La Havre. This podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> there is one exception to what I'm about to tell you. It was my defining uh, rule for what made my top 20. Is it a game that I can see myself... Somebody says, hey, let's play this. I'm going to jump into that game, if at all possible. Outside of one exception in my top 20, they all can answer yes. I can't say that about Lahav anymore. And simply put, it still obviously is in my top 20. I think it is the go-to game for a transition into heavy games. But it's not a game to where I'm clamoring to play every time it comes out. And that's that was the criteria I used for my top twenty. Gotcha. So forgive me. I know it. I know it's going to be in your top five. So let's just move on. <laughs> Keyflower, worker placement, auctions, spatial tiling, playing on other people's boards. Very intriguing game. It's got a couple of expansions. Um, I think we need to play this some more and possibly cover it later this year. We'll talk about it here in a bit. Cool. The fur, the second war game, or, or kind of a waro here, that was new to me in 2015, and that's Maria. What a just badass little three-player war game here. It's tight. The the card play with the with the suits, where your army is, dictates what cards you can play, and the just wow. When when I first played this, I was like. Now I get why everyone's saying this might be one of the best three-player games in existence. I get that now. And I'm anxious to play it with other players that are experienced. They don't have to be great at the game, but to where they're not learning games. That's all I've played so far. But even so, just had my mind blown by Maria. Really, really excited to play it again. Lancaster, 
a worker displacement game. The only caveat for me here is you play it with four, you play it with five, or you, or you just don't play it. Ah, okay. It it is fast. It is fun. It is furious. Workers are you know your knights and your squires are going on and off of the board, and you're trying to maybe bluff your way into this area over here, and let me do a diversion over. It's um, it's a really, really, really fun game by, by Matthias Kramer. I played it once with you. I enjoyed it, but I wasn't. But it was a three-player. That was uh-huh. a three-player game. Ah, uh, maybe it, that's it why. Was, it was you and me, you, me, and Amanda, and you really got to have four or five. Oh, okay. Well, then let's give it another go. This next one narrowly missed my top twenty. Masters of Venice again. Same criteria. I I got to be in. In a certain mood to want to mess with the fiddliness, but I yeah. love the fiddliness of it when I do play it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. We recently reviewed it, so I don't want to go into it too yeah. much, but I think it is one of the absolute uh, passed well, over and overlooked gems. Yeah, absolutely. It's, oh. it's on my 21 to 50 list as well, and okay. I totally agree with you. Underpublicized, underrated gem. Yeah, I think too many people get caught up with the oh, I got to move this peg every time. But it it makes sense. It's just you feel the yeah. actual. It, it it's almost like a physical feel of the markets. You feel the markets shifting one way or the other. Yeah. And what here's other the thing: game gives you that. And here's the thing: you got to play it two or three times before you pass judgment on it. Yeah, I think this is a game that that blossoms with multiple plays. I and. Unlike a game like, say, Ships that we've talked about in the past, where you really got to play it a lot, supposedly, to really get to the heart of this, I don't feel like, I feel like you can feel it at first, but it really blooms as you go along. Masters of Venice. Cool. Glad it's on your list as well. Madeira. The the 2014 Golden Elephant Award winner, Madeira. Wow. Brilliant design. No action is wasted. This is a fan-freaking-tastic board game. I wish you guys could see my face. I wh- Down here. I, I don't know what to say. All right. I'll be talking about this one later. Okay, cool. Heck, this might be the only game on my list. No, there are two games on my list that only have a single play. This is one of them. New Amsterdam. Oh, yeah. It's on, it's on my list here, too, in the 21 through 50 as well. Okay. Five-player, just critically brutal auction oh. game. Oh, and please play it with five. Yes. Please it, play it with five. It's a five-player game. Oh, the it's end. razor sharp. Everything is currency. Yeah. Brutal. And I like it. <laughs> I, I'm dying to get it back out to the table. I know. Why don't we play it more? Ah, this... So many irons in the fire, you know? Right, that's exactly it. Well, let's see. I'm still in the M's here, buddy. Mombasa. I have really enjoyed Mombasa. Uh, it's, it grew on, grew on us while we played it. It's a fun game. It's got some unique mechanics. We just talked about it. And, uh, yeah, like uh, I'll continue to play it wrong with the uh, majority for that, that one spot. So <laughs> It didn't make my top 50. Um, I really enjoyed it. Like you said, we just reviewed it last episode. Um, there's only 50 games that can fit in your top 50. I mean, just because it's not in your top 50 doesn't mean it's not a good game. Uh, I rest it, my case. Yeah, I, I know, I know. But, yeah, uh, 
narrowly it, it, it was on the uh, on the late late cut line for me. The only Phil Ecklin game on my list it comes next. Pax Porfiriana, a wicked cool unique theme and wicked cool card game that had embraced the chaos. Uh, it you never know how one game is going to play out compared to another due to the sheer amount of cards that aren't in play and how it's going to play out. There are multiple play, ways to win. There, depending on both how the how the what cards are in the deck or not, and how the other players are playing will completely completely change the way this game plays out. And I really. This time last year, probably it would have been in my top 20, but it's since been surpassed a bit. I played Pax, uh, Pax Premier once and really got excited about that because it took the base of Pax Porfiriana and grew on that. Maybe one day that replaces this. But in the meantime, Pax Porfiriana, my favorite Phil Eklund, but it's also the only Phil Eklund game I've played thus far. So, ah. hey, he's one for one in my book. Let's see. The next one for me, I assume, is higher for you. Noya Heimat. Oh, you think? <laughs> Maybe so. Just uh, auction elegance, in my opinion. Uh, the combination of its simplicity and its brutality is what is what delivers that for me. The closed economy, wonderful, crushing, killer game. Yep, we'll be talking about that one later. The last game that has a single play on my list... And you and I swore to each other we would play this more, and we have since not done that. So shame on both of us. Well, er, er, reference the earlier statement of Irons in Fire. Yeah, I know, I know. It's just so many... Polis. I, I knew that was going to be the hegemony. It. Yeah. Brutal will punish you if you make mistakes. No room for mistakes to be made, and very easy to screw up. Uh, due to inexperience, which you and I both very much were. But we <laughs> yeah. also saw the brilliance that this game has. And I'm very grateful that it's on mine and Amanda's uh, best of three challenge. Uh, now, just because it's best of three doesn't mean it doesn't get played more. But I'm hoping by this time next year that I have a far bigger number of plays than I do of this. It's... Some people say it's the best two-player game out there. Uh, Waro hybrid that I just, I need to play more. There, it, it calls to me at night. Polis, fight for the hegemony. Orléans is the next one for me. Super fun bag, fill, bag builder. Honestly, we're having a lot of fun at my house playing this game. It's, it's one of our favorites over here. And with the new Invasion expansion... Playing the, um, the the new uh, scenarios as well as the cooperative scenario has been a lot of fun. That's cool, dude. Um, yeah, I, I played it once. I, I backed it on the Kickstarter. I have it. It's still in shrink after, uh, after getting my copy and just haven't been motivated to break it out yet. So I couldn't, I couldn't put it in here. But did enjoy it. No arguments. Roads and Boats. Because there can only be so many splatters in a man's top 20. It's, it's on my argue. list right in here, too. Okay. Uh, logistics, it's the game that UPS uses as a hiring uh, you know, interview. It is the granddaddy of logistical games. It really is. Uh, 
simply put, it would be higher if we played it more. It's just so many irons in the fire. We just haven't gotten it played. Just a, a fantastic logistics game. And the cool thing about it is it plays really well across at least two to four. I know that. And it's one that we're excited to play more of in 2016. Roads and Boats. Right on. Ra, push your luck, set collection, auction game. Have you noticed that I like auction games? I, You know, I'd heard that somewhere. I think somebody <laughs> was tweeting about it the other day. Using the sun disc as your currency, I think, is, is very, very inspired. But, you know, uh, Dr. Kinesia is definitely an inspired person. Uh, it's critical to know when to call raw. I mean, sure, you know, you're pulling tiles out of a bag, whatever. The auction's where it's at for me in this game. Love it. Raw. Only played it once. Enjoyed my play, but not top 50 enjoyed. But again, one play for what it's worth. But it, it is funny, though, on that note, how some games will absolutely grab you after one play, i.e. Polis, and a game, another one that I enjoyed, but it didn't. Raw. You know, just I find that interesting. All right, moving on. I have no ill will towards dressmakers. I enjoy making dresses. Let's bust out some Rococo. Didn't make it. Really? That surprises me. Uh, I really enjoy this game. Um, there's just I, I do too. It, it it's it's just there's nothing earth shattering about the game. There's nothing original other than maybe the theme, but it's just enjoyable. It's it's hard to explain. There, I think there are three games on my list here that it's just hard to put your finger on exactly what makes them just so enjoyable just like ah a nice refreshing spring day is kind of how this game makes me feel and yeah i really enjoy rococo and it's fantastic game yeah the card management really a fun fun aspect of that game cool i'm surprised it didn't make your list but again only 50 can Moving on. I'll tell you what did make my list. Shipyard. Talk about this, that one later for me. This is Rondell Heaven, man. Um, what do they have, like five, six Rondells in this game? Uh, something like that. Six, yeah, seven. yeah, yeah. I love completing my ships and sailing them off, man. It's so uh, rewarding. It feels you know, very satisfactory to have made a, a ship and sail it off. It's really, really cool. And... People may not realize that this was actually the game that in that was the first review that you and I ever did. Episode zero, ship. And our name then was Weighted Cardboard. Right. I think we I think we chose well. Uh, but yeah, yeah that, the the Lost Files. That was our that was the game we chose to be our first uh, episode that we didn't publish, kind of as a test. But yeah, we 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 reviewed it. We both yeah, we loved went the back. game. And yeah. this is the second of three games that just is just enjoyable for me to yeah. play. Um, and it's going to be higher on my list here in a bit. Another splatter game that I'm surprised isn't in my top 20. And that's The Great Zimbabwe. Oh, another yeah. logistics game. And I, I feel like this was the game that took the splatter guys from... Eh, components up to a really polished looking game and i feel like this was the one that really kind of they crossed that threshold for lack of a better way to put it a man and i absolutely love playing this at three and four players 
Uh, honestly, I'm not sure how it plays to. I've heard good things, but I, I want to. But I, the auction with the with the at the beginning would play a little weird, and auctions are almost never good two player. So I don't know, and so maybe that's why it's a little bit lower on my list. But man, we sure do enjoy the great Zimbabwe. So do I. It, it's not on my list, and um, uh, that that's a that's a travesty. I love that auction. I'm curious, is that an oversight on your part, or was it, no, no, just... No, it means lists are travesties. Oh, okay, all right, enough, moving on. Strasbourg. This is an underrated Feld, if you're a lover of auctions, and I am. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a very unique auction. Uh, I don't know of any other auction like it. You know, whatever, the game is, you know, ordinary, but the auction is special for me. Totally agreed. I, I thought about putting it uh, in the discussion, but it didn't make it. But uh, I agree that the auctions are special and the game itself is, eh, whatever. Another 2015 release for me. And we may be hearing more about this when it comes time for Golden Elephant discussion. At least on my end. And that's Triumph and Tragedy. Block War Games. Strategic Level and political World War II game. It checks so many boxes for me and is playable in a single day. And we just had a blast. It can be historic or it could be ahistoric. Depends how things play out. So when are you going to teach me? When do you want to be taught? I'll see you tomorrow. All right. All right, cool. <laughs> Speicherstadt. It's Feld time, huh? All it, right. Well, uh, it, it, that's the end of the Felds on this list. Uh, <laughs> um, it is a very simple, and here's that word again, elegant, and here's that other word again, auction game. <laughs> um, and, and here's my challenge. Tell me a more elegant auction. The power that the bidders wield with one stupid meeple is, is sublime, man. There's room for subterfuge, gambling, heavy hitting, cheap wins. I like it. A lot. I agree with everything you just said. It just didn't make my top 50. Another travesty. <laughs> <laughs> the former number one game in all the land comes next for me. Oh, nice. Didn't make it. Wow, that surprises me. Twilight Struggle. Uh, both Amanda and I loved this game. Just, again, I... I wish I didn't have to work to where I could play more games so I didn't have so many of these, oh, but I, if I played it more type thing. It's a game that rewards repeated and repeated and repeated play in learning the cards and learning how things play out. But here, the cool thing is, is it's not that complex a game to begin with. And the game really is enjoyable even when you don't know all the cards like we didn't when we played it our first few times. Can't wait to play it some more. Twilight Struggle. Hoping to get that reviewed later on this year. I know this one's higher on your list. It's only this low, as you've mentioned before, because of only one play. It's uh, a fascinating game to me, and it's one I need to play more through the ages. Yeah, it's definitely going to be higher on my list. You are correct, sir. Zolkin is next Dude, one for me. that's the next one on mine, too. All right. When I first played it, I thought the gears might be a gimmick, and it's oh, really yeah. not. It just works really well. It works across the entire player count, 
caveat, I have not played with the expansion, so I don't know how it does five player. But in the base game, the two to four, it works really, really well across all of it. I feel like there's multiple paths to victory, and it's just just fun. And the gears, the time mechanism just works so well in this the game. The gears, man. No gimmick, dude. It's the real deal. Three Kingdoms Redux. I, I love this period of Chinese history. I love the game. It's very thematic, rich with flavor and history. Bidding with your generals. Yes, there's an auction. The alliance <laughs> mechanic is really, really cool, too. That, that You can engage in battles on your flanks with the other two uh, kingdoms. It's, uh, it's a fabulous, fabulous game, man. I'm not that big on the history of it. Honestly, I, I mean, I knew roughly what it was about before we played it. Um, but it did a good enough job to be higher on my list. Cool. Right on. Unhappy King Charles was, for all intents and purposes, my first CDG, my first card-driven war game. And this game inspired me to learn more about the English Civil War. It just so happened to be timed really well with Mike Duncan's Revolutions podcast about the English Civil War. And it just got me really fired up to play it. Uh, our buddy Chris was able to teach me. It made total sense. It was really enjoyable. It it gives you the feeling of the frustration of how some nobles, um, one minute they're on your side, the next minute they're against you, and how frustrating wintering was back then, and how just being able to, you know, win a battle might mean a very narrow victory but a victory nonetheless and it just really really dug it and i want to play it more there's going to be a theme if there hasn't been already with through all these that are there any of these that we don't want to play more you know what i mean i i wouldn't think so right so unhappy king charles yeah definitely on my list Twa, heavy dice done right man it, I think the game is somewhat schizophrenic because to me it's easier or harder depending on what the mix of cards is. Um, it's uh, And there is complicated iconography in the game, but man, even when the cards come out and it's a really, really rough game, I, I dig it, man. The secret scoring at the end is cool too. Three quick things. One, I've only played it once. Okay, four things. Two, we're going to be reviewing it soon because I really want to play this more. Three, reprint announced for later on this year along with Ladies of Trois if this sells well. And four, this was probably number 52 or 53. Literally, it made it missed it. Are you sure it wasn't end. 54? No, I'm serious. It was literally the last two or three games that got cut. <laughs> so Right on. Winding down, I got two left. I guess you do too. Um, I got one. Okay. Venos, which I think is Vitor Lacerda's best design. I think it's his most refined. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding you. No, Venos, uh, I really, uh, one of the hardest games, one of the hard, toughest games I've ever played. Uh, really, you will smell the smoke when you're playing this game. I loved it playing two player, three and four player. And it just so happens to time well with uh, the 10th anniversary, I think, it or 5th anniversary coming out. They're, they're, he's redoing it with a deluxe edition or whatever. Um, cool, but I'm happy with the way the game was to begin with. Venus. 
same here. It didn't make my list. Um, I definitely think it's an inferior design to Kanban, but I love Vinhos. I, I really, Vinhos, I really do. Cool. Last one on my list is Village. Marcus and Inca Brand. Uh, your family has to grow from generation to generation, and they must die. Very they cool must pass mechanic. the torch to the next generation. Yep. It, yeah, it's a very cool mechanic. The expansions, particularly Village Port, rock it out even more, man. Fun, great game. Last one. So I guess one of – or last one on the 21 to 50 list for me, Wildcatters. So oh. close to making my top my top twenty. It's basically nice. a collection of area majority games with a oil drilling theme. That oh my god, does this game look awesome on the table? Yeah, the, it, it, beautiful artwork. And really, the only negative that I can say about this game is the area cards can be fickle. Yeah, but you can always spend victory points to wipe them. But that said. Absolutely one of my top 50 games. No-brainer. I like the game. It looks great. The economics are awesome. The, the gameplay is awesome. I, uh, I agree with you on the card play. Uh, I, I need to get a copy. You need to at least play mine more so we can review it. Agreed. So we've reached the top 20. So here we go. I have mine numbered 20 through 11. You have yours alphabetical. So I'll start with my number 20. You mentioned it already, Three Kingdoms Redux. Gorgeous production quality, phenomenally just streamlined and clean and clever and just just go get a copy of the game. The only thing holding this game back, I feel like, from being just a worldwide success is the fact that it's three players only. That's the only thing. Outside of that, man, we reviewed it. We gushed about it. I would gush about it just the same as I as I did back then. Yeah, love this game. Want to play it more. Three Kingdoms Redux. I think I'm going to read my list alphabetically backwards. Just since you're to be reading difficult. backwards too. All right, go well, ahead. Well, no, because you're going backwards as well. So, Tinner's Trail by Martin Wallace. This is. Probably, I don't know, one of the lightest games on my on my list. It is superlative and fun. The auctions is where it, where it gets me, man. That's where the weight is that, that is present in the game. you got to time them well. You can really mess with people. you got to really use these auctions as a tool. The randomness in the marketplace is perfectly fine. It's completely thematic, and it's equally applied to all players, and that's what's key. Um, and also, it changes the flavor of the game from play to play. So, I love it. I have a lot of fun playing it. Looks gorgeous on the table. I agree with every single thing that you said, and it would have been in my list. I considered it a filler. Hear me out. It's not a filler, but it's not a game that I would go to a game day to specifically play. Ergo, I didn't consider it. But otherwise, I would have. So, there's that. Tis folly on your part, sir. <laughs> Number 19 for me. Amanda's number one all-time favorite game and the other, the last of the three that I just thoroughly enjoy. The only Feld on my list, Castles of Burgundy. This surprised huh. the ever-living crap out of me, let me tell you. Uh, me too. 
we don't mind playing it at two and three players. We really don't even mind it playing it at four. Two or three is where it shines. But it's a game that is an absolute go-to for Amanda and I on a, on a school night in which we have to work tomorrow, whatever. Just wonderfully nice. And I know that sounds bad, but yeah. I just, I, we love this game. Whatever. Castles of Burgundy. Right on. The quintessential Euro that brought the house down, baby. Puerto Rico. The venerable old soldiers got some fight, man. If you have not played, pause this podcast and go play it and then return to this podcast. Or, well, play it when you're done listening. Yeah, I'd prefer it that. <laughs> one, of the, one of the seminal games in my gaming life. This, this really lit some fires for me, man. Puerto Rico, it's killer. It's higher on my list. We'll get there. Number 18 for me, Shipyard. You already talked about it. Don't need to yep. really say much. We reviewed it. It it belongs in pretty much every Euro fan's collection. Vladimir Succi's best game, far and away. If you have a problem with the contracts, do open contracts. Enough said. Exactly. Shipyard. Palaces of Carrara. I've mentioned it before. The mechanic of deciding when to score and when to collect income is what makes this a brilliant game for me. If I suck, it's my fault. It's not the game's fault. Because other than the end game scoring, this game is not giving me anything during the play of the game. It's not telling me when to do anything during the play of the game. I have to collect income. I have to collect victory points. There's no scoring round. There's no income phase. This is a brilliant notion in the Euro. Palaces of Carrara, man. Maybe if I'd played it more, I'd be able to agree with you. I One play, and it was unspectacular from that one play but mm. the way you gush and the way there, paul chad likes it i'm i, on I board. haven't even mentioned the market the market is amazing too i'm on board with playing it you know trying it out some more number 17 for me and i'm surprised it's this low container i'm surprised it's that low yeah it just it's the way it worked out it's higher for me generation whatever container just should have went with your gut <laughs> in the first iteration. Gorgeous, uh, awesome production quality. Very cool. The the you know the ships and everything. But man, talk about auction and and closed not not really closed economy, but just player driven economy. That there is hardly a game out there, if any, that does it better than this game. Higher on my list. Awesome game. All right. Aura et Labora, next on my list. One of my favorite games, man. Especially with two, believe it or not. I love the resource conversion, the spatial element of placing the buildings. Uva, we need another expansion here, buddy. May I suggest Italy or Russia? Both have strong religious and Bacchanalian traditions, sir. That's the only reason it's not on my list, is the lack of expansions. It just... Yeah, but see, here's the thing. I thought about this. Uh, the two the two sets that come with it, Ireland and France, with the exception of one resource, are essentially the same game. And so expansions are really just going to add um, small flavors, I think, to the game. So I want more buildings for the for the for the countries that are there. If you do that to where you're gotcha. not seeing the exact same buildings every time, then the game opens up. I feel like that's the only reason it's not on my list 
that one thing. Number 16, potential Golden Elephant Award winner for 2015? Maybe. We'll see. Food Chain Magnate. The only 2015 on this list. And, yeah, we reviewed it. We talked about it. We love it. It plays great 2 to 5. And apparently it just sold out its third printing already. Uh, Passport Higher Games is going to be going to be publishing it here in the U.S. or at least something along those lines. Um, get a copy. The end. If you're into heavy euros, go get a copy. Uh, Edward, look, I, I get it, man. Um, you don't have to pretend like you don't like this next game just because people you think people are going to look down on you. But Caverna, this is. Uh, <laughs> This is a box full of fun worker placement spatial element. Oh, dude. And yes, you can own Agricola and Caverna. Similar, but quite different modus operandi. I have no ill will towards Caverna. I just, I'm not keen on it. The end. Whatever. <laughs> it was not even considered for my top 50 for what it's worth. I didn't figure it was. Number 15. The 2014 Golden Elephant Award winner. Arkwright. Remember a, while, a, a few minutes ago, I mentioned there was only one game in which I wouldn't be jonesing to play every single time it came out that's in my top 20? This is it. I got to be in the right <laughs> mood because it's it's heavy. It's it's oh, yeah. it's a good one. And I, it's a it, fantastic business game. But I just got to be in the right mood. But yeah, f- no, I feel like 15 is a fair spot for it. Uh, I would... I can't imagine it wouldn't be the Golden Elephant Award winner if we were to do it again. So the staying power is there as far as I'm concerned. And it's getting reprinted later on this year for more people to enjoy. Arkwright. Let's see. Automobile. We've talked about that. That's This is its place on my list cool. in my top 20. I really didn't expect that. I'll be honest. I didn't think it would be oh, yeah. in your top 50. So I'm, I'm very pleased to hear that. Oh, I dig it. All right, then let's keep on going. Number 14 for me. A game that I cannot get played here in Denver to save my life. And I am so upset at you and Amanda for this. Reef Encounter. In my opinion... I'm making googly eyes. (laughs) In my opinion, (laughs) Richard Breeze's second best game. And I, I... For the life of me, I cannot figure out why you guys don't like this game. I... I don't know, maybe you weren't feeling well that night or something. but <laughs> no, That was Colin Colony when I had 102 fever. Right. <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a stock game, but you it's abstract. You can't think of it. I mean, obviously, it's underwater. It has shrimp. It has all that. But That's right. Absolutely. It's a bit of a seafood stock game. Amazing, amazing game. Yes, it has randomness with the, with the tile draws out of the bag, but it fits. And it just, we need to play this more. Please, Reef Encounter. Agricola. Woohoo! Woohoo! An all-time worker placement classic game. Very tight, very tense, incredible. Um, Hey, this game would be in my top ten if it had an auction in it. (laughs) It's coming later for me. Number 13 for me. The 2013 Golden Elephant Award winner, Madeira. 
Nice. I'm very excited. This is in Amanda's and my uh, best of three challenge. I have never played with the ambassadors promo. For, it helps with the oh the colonies. Um, I'm yeah. really excited cool. to break those out. We're going to in our games, and uh, it's episode number one for a reason. Just yeah, it's it's one of my all time favorites, and I can't imagine it's ever going to that's ever going to change. Madeira, fantastic game. Age of Steam, next one on my list. This is where it lands. We talked about it earlier. It is it is in my 11 through 20 range. Awesome game. Cool. And I imagine it's going to go up for both you and I as we play it more. So Quite we'll possibly. Yep. That My top 10 is pretty tight, though, buddy. <laughs> so is mine, dude, looking at yeah, it. Yeah, I hear you. Number 12, another splatter, but not the last splatter, and that's Antiquity. It's a Civ game. I love Civ games. Yes. Speaking of which, Sid Meier's Civ barely made the missed the list. But Antiquity, um, it's funny. Back uh, when I first got into the hobby, we played this, and the game ended after three turns because somebody basically screwed themselves. That happened oh. twice in our first two games of this. But when I first played it, I was I got lambasted on BGG for calling out the component quality, and here I am called, putting it at my number twelve game of all time. <laughs> it's fiddly. Well, what is uh... it's 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 rough. Some of the graphic design choices are not ideal, but it's in my opinion one of the three or four best Civ games in existence. Antiquity. Going back to what you started that. Um... That spiel off with. What does your rune say about a game? If you can't lose it in the first couple of rounds, it's not worth playing, right? Totally agree. Totally agree. I have two left in my 11 through 20. And the next one, the next one is 1880 China. I am, I keep emailing uh, Lonnie, <laughs> like, dude, will you get the dang things printed? Um, I thought I just really, really dug it, man. The, you know, the Chinese Communist Revolutions, very unique mechanics in there. The operating turn order, foreign investment, great, great stuff, man. Um, Helmet, Lonnie, come on, man, man, let's get that going. I need a copy. Narrowly, narrowly missed my top fifty. Yeah, I, I, I very much want a copy of this. The number 11 for me, the last one to make to miss the top 10, the classic that you've already talked about, Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's it's still fairly new to me. I've only played it, uh, I don't know, six, seven times or so in the last two years because I, I came into the hobby late. But every single time we play this game, we ask ourselves, tell me again why we haven't played this more? Yeah, I, it's Puerto Rico. I don't need to say any more than that. Well, the last one on 11 through 20 for me is 1830. It's uh, still a classic after all these years. We've played it several times. The map, dude, is what does it for me. I know the map doesn't thrill you, but man, it, the map and those those OO cities can really, really make it brutal on folks. It's That's why I play 18xx games, to be challenged, and that map challenges me. The stock market is also real in the game. It's got all the bells and whistles, man. 1830 is just just a classic. I have 1830 clones in 1857, 1889, etc. 
but I really am not a fan of the frustration of the map of 1830. That's the reason. Honestly, it was never a serious candidate for me to be in the yeah. top 50. I just, if I never play it again, I'm okay. I'm okay with the rule set. I just don't like the way the map plays out. Just not, I'm not a fan. And so we have reached the top 10, at least for now. So I'll go ahead and take this one away. Here we go. All right. Number 10, the best Martin Wallace game of all time. Brass. Plain and simple. I don't, I don't know that I really need to say much about all these games. It's a fantastic game. You guys know that. We know that. Play it. It's awesome. It's fantastic. And it has a reprint coming. The end. Number 10 for me, St. Petersburg. One of our favorite games, one of my wife's favorite games as well. I, I love this game, man. There's tight financials, and, they're, and they stay tight for a while, but you can get up ahead of steam building, or maybe you will screw up and not get ahead of steam built. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the fifth deck that comes in the second edition does add some quality to the game, in my opinion. The other new expansions, screw them. Second edition rocks. I like the art in both. Uh, I sold my first edition. I'm keeping the second edition. St. Petersburg, number 10. It really came down to between this and Rococo, and I think I enjoy Rococo a hair more. Um, But, yeah, I really enjoy St. Petersburg. Good choice there. Nothing wrong with that. Number nine for me, the last splatter on my list and – what I think is got to be the best one, right? Indonesia. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, the merger mechanic is unlike anything else in gaming. Uh, the operation side can get a bit tedious, but it's worth fighting through. Very has a very 18xx feel to it. And again, it's one we've reviewed and we both love. Indonesia, fantastic. And likely getting a reprint in 2016. Let's hope. Number nine for me is Trajan. This is Stefan Feld's high watermark, in my opinion. There's no game he's done better for me. Years ago, this game really popped my gamer eyes open and set the hook firmly in my cheek. And uh, I love playing it still to this day. It holds a very special place in my heart. So part of this number nine is a bit sentimental. But it's still a great game. That that Mancala implementation is just, just fantastic, man. So number nine is Trajan. I love it. And this was this in Lahav were my two big surprises that in this case that it got left off and that Lahav wasn't my top twenty. But yeah, I really enjoy this game as well. Number eight, you spoke about this earlier, and I think it's the best pure auction game in existence. Noya Heimat. Mm. Number eight. Uh, nice. Another that we've reviewed. Notice a lot of these we're going to have reviewed, I think. Uh, brutal, and it looks like a kid's game. It's so innocent yeah, it looking, and it's such a simple game that anybody can play it. But it takes a lot to really get it at the same time, and totally worth the cost it is to get it or to make your own just the best auction game in existence 
the proverbial wolf in sheep's clothing. Yes, Noya Hyman. My number eight is Martin Wallace's Brass. Classic game. I think it's one of the apexes of Wallace's design career. It's got financial challenges. It's got player interactivity. It's got supply and demand. It's got route building. Uh, yeah, fantastic, fantastic game. Well, I'm glad to see it's both in our in both of our top tens. Absolutely. How could it not be? <laughs> Number seven for me is the epitome of this is a five-player and five-player only game. Game number one on BGG, Demacher. Demacher. No better political game in existence. Uh, I will play this twice a year for the rest of my life. I hope, at least. Uh, once at HeavyCon and once at BGGCon every year. Uh, just a wonderful, wonderful game that has stood the test of time. I mean, we're coming up on 30 years old. Just amazing. Fantastic game. I really, really dig it. Didn't make my list. I'd have to play some hybrid of first and second edition rules for it to make my list. Right. No worries. Demacher. Number seven is uh, something I've only played once, but really uh, left a little wow, bit of an impression on me. it must have left an imprint. It did. It did. It left me wanting more because I feel there's much more to explore. And that's 1849. It's uh, it's quite short and it's quite tough. It's not as tough as I was led to believe, but here's where I think that um, the players can actually make it more difficult on each other. And, uh, and it needs a little more time it, for that to uh, manifest itself, in my opinion. It, al- it also is set in the motherland, Sicily. So... The game has, you know, fiscally challenging play, and that's the key for me is fiscally challenging. Uh, I'm more, I'm more to that end of of 18xx than building routes, you know. Um, but I love building routes too, so don't get me wrong there. <laughs> um, uh, uh, it's 1830 at its core. It's got some simple bells and whistles on top of that. It's really not a challenge to learn. Uh, it it does offer some softening mechanics if you'd like it to be kinder and gentler to you. That way it makes it more conducive to learning um, and less austere play for noobs. You can, effect, in effect, control your challenge level. And by 18xx standards, this game is cheap. It's 90 bucks and it's red, readily am- available. Highly recommended. 1849. Obviously, I need to play this and play it soon. Okay. I didn't realize it made that big of an impression on you. I, I dug it. It killed somebody, I, I and I hadn't it. seen anybody die in a game yet. Oh, I wonder. Hmm, okay, all right. Yeah. The pinnacle of Uwe Rosenberg, in my opinion, comes next at number six for me. Misery Farm, Agricola. <laughs> it is the epitome of survival versus prosperity. A lot of people don't like it because of the stress that it involves, and that is one of the reasons that I love it so. It's all about survival. It's all about keeping your head above water. It's not about, oh, look at all this surplus of stuff I have. No, no. You want you need to get enough to survive. It has yeah. it has more variables in this game than any other game in existence as far as, you know, the million different decks that it has. It needs to get played more than it has. It is 
Obviously, one of my all-time favorite games. It should be one of your all-time favorite games. Play more yes. Agricola. Embrace the misery. Right on. Well said. My number six surprised me that it was so low for you. One of the best games of 2015. Splatter's second best game. Food Chain Magnate. This game is this game is brutal, malleable, fun. I suck <laughs> and I love it. I I sometimes feel like I'm playing 18 McDonald's because it's got technology, it's got competition, it's got routes. I mean, yeah. Ticks a lot of boxes for me, man. Food Chain Magnate. Only because it's brand new. I I just I I had to temper it, the cult of the new, to make sure that it wasn't just me. That's why You're it's weird. So yeah, what you temper and what you don't. I don't understand. Go ahead. Take number five, sir. Let's reverse it up. All right. Uh, container is number five for me, buddy. Uh, I've loved it since the very first time I played it. In fact, I, I knew I had to play it when I saw those model ships. <laughs> being being a miniature is not that, I, you know. So um, had to play it. After I played it, had to own it. I own it. That player-driven market, which is really a farm of auction, is uh, simply brilliant. Uh, by the way, I love auctions. The it's it's really kind of a semi-closed economy because money can permanently leave and money does come in, but only when players win. It's um, yeah, containers very very cool game. A bit fragile at times. Awesome game, and actually, you kind of own two copies, don't you? Hmm, moving on. Uh, One day I'll get my copy back painted. Anyway, moving on. My number five is what I think Richard Breeze's best game is Keyflower. I have not played either of the expansions. It's that good that I'm anxious to play them. I just haven't felt the need at this point. The fact that the meeples are used both as currency as well as workers is just mind-blowingly awesome and slick. I love that you can bid on tiles or immediately use them as a one-time use type thing for the tiles that that are bid, being bid upon the multiple currencies i.e. meeples just kick game dude it is it is i, I like that when um i entice you to put a meeple in my village that i get that meeple now for the next round yes there's just there there's literally nothing bad i can say about this game um, that I can think of. I love the game. I'm anxious to play it more. I'm anxious to play the expansions because I know one adds breath, the other adds depth. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of my top five games. I'll be honest, the top five for me is pretty easy. Kind of kind of filled itself. And Keyflower absolutely belongs in there. Number five. Number four for me is Arkwright, Golden Elephant 2014. Uh, I think that doing supply and demand mechanics is probably a very, very difficult thing to do in a game. And I think that Arkwright's got it right. The tension and the competition in those markets, getting your factories going and the advertising and this and that and the other thing. Yeah, man, that, uh, it's incredible. And, and buying back your stock as you work to establish its value, <laughs> that's a brilliant little trade-off mechanic there, too. Great game, man. Arkwright. I was a little concerned when you didn't say anything, and I had it down there at number 15, but 
absolutely rock on glad it's up there number four to me is a game that i will play anytime anywhere sick healthy tired awake doesn't matter and that's the climbers something oh filler alert no absolutely it is oh, not yeah filler. hold oh, on this filler, is your dude. tinner trail then no way uh, dude Fil- tinner's trail is not filler the climbers is an abstract for a guy who doesn't love abstracts having one at number four seems a little odd but i sure do love how absolutely cutthroat a cute little building block game like this can be uh, just who knew I was such a big fan of Chili Spiel? The Climbers. Number three, the pinnacle of Uva Rosenberg's design, Laha. I knew it would be here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really, man, just uh, every time I play the game with any player count, frankly, I, I have so much fun. Yeah, I know there's folks like, oh, I won't ever play that with five. Whatever. Your taste or your taste, mine or mine. I adore the title at any player count. Uh, there's a lot of tension in the game, a lot of painful choices. How the hell can I not take all that clay? Get out of that building so I can use it. Crap, I need more food. It's it's a fantastic game, Lahav. Good stuff, man. I, I'm surprised you didn't give me more crap about it being outside my top <laughs> 20. It was hard, yeah. but yeah, it's it's awesome game. I'm a big fan as well. Number three, the number one worker placement game in existence. A game that is like pulling teeth to try and get you to play. And in theory, one day we what? will feature it on this show. Dominant Species. Oh, yeah. I'm not a fan of it at two or three players, but at four, five, and six, oh my God, embrace the chaos. Yes, it has huge, you know, world-changing events at the draw of a card. Plan better is all I say. Plan better. Just embrace the chaos. It's one of my all-time favorite games. It will remain one of my all-time favorite games. It was the first game I ever dined. So, yeah, Dominant Species, one of my favorites. I I apologize, man. I just, uh, uh, with more than zero players, I really don't like it. So the reason it's not getting reviewed, folks, you heard it there. It's not my fault. No. I'm trying. Extended trailer. Talk talk about it for 30 minutes. I don't care. Uh, moving on. Top two. Here we go. Top two. Number two. 18R Den. Nice. Um, 17 or 31 may move this down, but I have to play those two. So I think those two are going to have some, some crazy things in there for me. I can get on board um, with those. Yeah, and, and um, I, I want to play 18EU, as we alluded to earlier, which is the, the father of 18R Den. But a, as we mentioned when you called out this game, I love how the companies merge, how they grow, um, the timing on going from 5 to 10 shares. That initial auction of the privates, or the miners, rather, is, um, is really fun and critical. Uh, I like the map. It's a route-building game, uh, and you can build some doozies on that map. Um, it doesn't t- touch my stock market taste quite right, but still, um, I love it. It's, it's, um, it's a fun, fun, fun game, man. Awesome choice. I can't argue with that. 
You and I are staying with the theme on our number two games. Okay. My number two is what I think is the best all-around 18xx game in existence, and that's 1846. Like you said earlier, it's awesome for beginners. It's awesome for experienced players. Yes, it's heavier on the route building as opposed to the the, uh, stock market side. I get that. But, man, I've played this game... I don't know, seven, eight times, and am still learning the game in a sense that we brought on new players to it, and they pick it up, and they love it, and like I said, I've played it a a handful of times, and I'm still learning the game as far as what all it has to offer. It just will never get old to me. Other games have some, maybe this thing is more interesting, or this thing over here is more interesting, but as a full package, as a game in which you can have new, inexperienced players enjoy it at the same time as experienced players in the same game, both getting something just worthwhile and worth playing, hard to beat, man. 1846. And it's on GMT's P500 for like, I don't know, 46, 50 bucks, something like that. And it'll be available yeah. later this year. Go get a copy. If you are interested in 18xx games, shame on you if you do not back that. 1846. Here, here. Here, here. So okay, I, I'll what? be honest. You're number one. I don't have a damn clue because I figured it'd be Trajan or Lahav. So I am at a loss. I have no idea what your number one would be. Indonesia. I guess I didn't realize that you hadn't mentioned it. Durr. Okay. <laughs> the, the company mergers... The, which is an auction, um, the timing of that, the aftermath of them, the ability to uh, use them as a wedge, the demand sh- system, the shipping, uh, that's very challenging. Um, yeah, yeah, fiddly, whatever. Uh, my favorite splatter title, hands down. Guys, get that reprint going because I don't have a copy of it. Send me one. Do you have one on your shelf? I know you do, Yarun. Yoris, come on. I can't argue with that awesome game. Good. I'm 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 pretty I feel dumb having missed that you didn't mention that yet. Well good. <laughs> good for you. So my number one I imagine isn't a surprise to to folks that are that know me. The best Civ game of all time. Vlada Shivadals Through the Ages. And dare I say the new version of Through the Ages. Right on. It has everything I want in a Civ game. It has tech trees. It has just total brain cramp here. It's awesome. It's just everything I want in a Civ game. Uh, A lot of it's abstracted, but I'm really okay with that. The only downside to this game is it's a two or three player game only. I would rather at work than play this four player i think gotcha. uh, so that, other than what an that, unusual statement for yeah, one's favorite game yeah but hey a two or three players it's impossible to beat it's absolutely cool. my all-time favorite game i think finally i finally have an answer when somebody asks what's your favorite game i always didn't really know but going through this this little exercise of making our top 50 this is one of the only two things that did not change in every incarnation of this list that I made through the ages was, is, and likely will be 
my number one game of all time. All right, so Edward, you have uh, you have orchestrated a bit of a um, survey of our listeners and followers to see what their top ten games are, and I understand you have the results. The ballots are in. <laughs> I do. 212 folks chimed in, which I'll be honest, is way more than I expected. It's a small portion of the listeners, but nonetheless, I feel like it's a fair representation of them. So now, two- listen, uh, I have to say that uh, I expect you to do a far better job than one Steve Harvey did with his announcements. <laughs> Columbia. Oh, wait. Okay. <laughs> 212 folks chimed in. So here we go. Number 10 actually is a tie for number nine. So number nine and number 10 both tied, one of which is a surprise to me. Power Grid and Keyflower tied hmm. for number nine. Interesting. Yay, Keyflower. Yeah. Number eight, why the hell it's this low, I don't understand, people. Through the ages at number huh. eight. Hey, at least it's there. Right. So now it's high for sixth place. Seventh and sixth are tied. Food Chain Magnate, Woo-hoo! the newest of the game. So good to see. Rock on. And a game in which you and I both left off our lists. Terra Mystica. Oh, well, yeah. That's to be expected. I think with us, I think in so. our, given, given our review of it, it's, it's, fine to, it's a fine, fan game. Excuse me. It's a fine game. Yeah, I have no problem with the the listeners having it there. I, I, right, I think right. it's fair. Number five, the best worker placement game of all time, Dominant Species. Wow, man. Good, good to see it representing. Wow, man, some problems going on out there in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we have a tie for third with 33 votes each. Lahav and Brass. Woohoo! All of Love these it. are excellent choices. I can't gripe about a single one, to be honest. Well, maybe the dominant species. But... Yeah, you bite your tongue, yeah. sir. <laughs> number two and number one probably shouldn't have surprised me, but they both did. I'll be honest. Number two, with one more vote than Brass and Lahav, 34, hmm. Twilight Struggle. Oh, nice. Okay. I mean, it was number one for, what, five years yeah, or so? I, so. That makes sense. Yeah, but... Good to see. And let me ask you, because you don't know what this is. Any guess what number one would be? Uh, no. All right. Number one, in a landslide. In a yeah, landslide. How many votes? 49. Second place had 34. There's nothing right. else even close to this. Agricola. Oh, cool. Yeah. I was High I, five, I, world. I, yeah. It turned out pretty cool. Um, so if you notice, there are no 18xx games. The highest uh, voted one was 1830 with 13 votes. Okay. However, there was a huge amount of 18xx games and some just 18xx votes. So if you were to tally them all together and put them together, they would have ended up in fifth place behind or ahead of dominant species. So okay. I thought that was interesting. Okay. So there's a, there's a lot of people that like a breadth of uh, 18xx games out there. Sounds that's, like. that's what people are telling us, at least those that voted. I, I would right, buy right, that. right. Some interesting things real quick. Age of Steam, number 11. 
barely missed it. Very cool. Uh, Hansa Teutonica and Tigris and Euphrates and Imperial all would have been in the top 20. Three games that I honestly surprised me seeing that those were in there. Hmm. I That tells wow. me I need to play Tigris and Euphrates. I've never played it. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have. I got rid of it. Um, uh, Imperial, man, it's fantastic. I, I've played it once. I need to play it oh, more, obviously. Uh, the last uh, couple notes here. Android, Netrunner, Castles of Burgundy, Trajan, Lagranha, and Viticulture all tied for the same amount. Thought that was interesting. And Virsindas Volk, which was pretty, uh, it got a lot of positive buzz last year. I mean, a lot of people were, were singing its praises. One vote. I will say that that one vote is not mine. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, to recap real quick. Power Grid, Keyflower, Through the Ages, Food Chain Magnate, Terra Mystica, Dominant Species, Lahav, Brass, Twilight Struggle, and Agricola. I think the listeners did an awesome job overall. Yeah, in all seriousness, man, that is one solid list right there. I, I, I'm proud that our, list, our listeners put this list together. I did not vote in it. I didn't feel like it would be appropriate. No, nor did I, nor did I. I was kidding about the VSDV. <laughs> so rock on. Uh, thanks, guys and gals, for taking the time to vote. And maybe we'll do this uh, not regularly, but once in a blue moon. Um, and you guys seem to enjoy it. You hopefully you had fun with it. And hopefully you uh, this sparked some conversation in the guild about, you know, oh, how nuts Tony and I are or how nuts <laughs> the listeners are or, oh, my God, you guys need to try this or what are you thinking? Whatever. Come join the guild. Let's let's have a talk about this. I think it'll be fun. Right on. That was a lot of fun, man. I that appreciate was. Uh, that, that... Do, you you making me do a list. <laughs> I I really do sincerely. Cool, man. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was it was a lot of work. It was a lot of stress, and it was a lot of fun, and it was eye opening. Yeah, the fun was uh, for for me was um, hearing your list and seeing where things compared to mine and stuff like that. And yeah, it was very very neat. Cool. Heavy Cardboard thanks the great people at Game Surplus for their sponsorship of our show. They have an awesome reputation and a fantastic inventory of games. Their tagline is the home of great games at great prices. So check them out at www.gamesurplus.com. You can reach them via email at games at gamesurplus.com and tell them Heavy Cardboard sent you. How do people get in contact with Heavy Cardboard? First off, our website, heavycardboard.com. We're super active on Twitter, at Heavy Cardboard. Facebook, Heavy Cardboard. Email us. We love hearing from y'all. Contact at heavycardboard.com. Last but not least, BGG Guild number 2044. Come join the conversation. Um, so next episode in two weeks, uh, we're looking at reviewing Nippon from Paulo Soledad and Nuno Sentiero. Yes. And from what I heard today, the distribution for the U.S. distribution should be starting this week. So pretty good timing on that, I'd say. It's available uh, on uh, What's Your Game's website for uh, a, a fantastic deal, too, including shipping. Cool. If you want to directly support the publisher. Whoa, filler alert. No, absolutely it is not filler. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, filler, dude.